You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Blacklist After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Blacklist After Show. I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. We're getting biblical up in here. And behold, a white horse. I love that. It's so good. I love that. So good. Hello, everybody. Welcome to AfterBuzz The Blacklist. My name is Nando Velasquez. I am uh, covering for... Mr. Joe Braswell, who I believe is uh, via satellite with us right now, some uh, special he's technology. Gonna try to call he's going to try and call in. Yes, do our best here. but besides Mr. Braswell, who I'm sure you all miss and we do too, I'm also joined by the lovely Joe Sanfilippo. Nice to see you guys. I was contractually obliged to say that. Yeah, I do. I require everyone to call me the lovely. Yes. <laughs> The <laughs> lovely, if we're cool. Oh, the if lovely, we're cool. Yes. if we're cool. Oh, totally. And of course, the ever-present, effervescent, beautiful, radiant uh, Julia Cleary. I, I, I know, I, Caroline. Yeah. I, oh, that person. That, then, then actually, yeah. Aside changed from it. you not knowing my name, I think you should do my address from now on. Joe, Joe messes up your name. Wait, effervescent. You're bubbly. You're, you're you're like a sprite. It's wonderful. Sprightly. Effervescent. Yeah. yeah. Been called many things, but never yeah. that. Yep. Alka Seltzer. I thought Alka Seltzer, but then I thought Alka Seltzer's not nice. Yeah. Pop up is. <laughs> and we're listening right now to what one of the. I, I just want to mention this song, Johnny Cash. I mean, we heard the quote at the beginning, oh. which this song just totally explained red completely this oh. episode. Uh, the name of the song better. is When the Man Comes Around. And and I will say, uh, I want to I get first impressions from you guys, but I just want to start off by saying I love the music in this episode. This song in particular, but the other one also, I wrote it down because it was something I wasn't... Jun- uh, I guess the name of the band is Junio, Line of Fire. And that was uh, that was the scene uh, by the lake toward the end. Oh, man. That was a beautiful song, too. But this one was just perfect. Like, the, the montage, you know, what they when had the going. When comes around. Yeah. I mean... Just showing all of that. It was amazing. Coupled with his brilliant face when we're hearing that that speech in the beginning, the, the biblical reference, mm-hmm. and just watching his face and just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like he spatered it. Yeah. That should be a thing. He spatered the shit out of it. He spatered the shit out of it. That's what he did. Well, that whole song was played, and actually the last line was a quote, too. I think I, I wrote it down here, too, because it was so awesome. Uh... Well, wait, uh, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and uh, Hell followed with him. Boom. Mm. And so did Braswell. And so did Braswell. Do we have Braswell? Do we have Braswell? That's Stephen Lemieux, thank you. I'm here. Yes! Oh! There he is! Brazzy! Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph Braswell. How are you, sir? Hey guys. How's Seattle? Uh, well, I'm not there yet. I'm, oh. I'm in LAX. So I'm just waiting, but I, I will be there shortly. All right. In a short three hours. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, what a show, huh? Yeah. We're back. Yeah. Let's get your impressions, actually, since we have you on yeah. right now. Um, well, you know, uh, I mean, it, it was great. I, I was really surprised that they were able to sort of like wrap up that entire storyline from, I mean, there was a lot of like, uh, loose ends left out there with Red sort of on the run and questions being asked and who's doing what and the way Red would sort of systematically 
like Charles Bronson, just sort of eliminated all of his in- in- enemies, got all the answers he needed, cleaned it all up, and then showed right back at Lizzie Keene's house, like, yeah, I'm back, what's up? <laughs> it was kind of, you know, all, all in 48 minutes was kind of cool, mm. you know? Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I had so much, I actually wrote in my notes, I put in parentheses, I wrote joy when Lizzie and Red were together. For some reason, I just got this, this excitement like a little kid, like, oh yes, they're together. You and know, I just love that. She seemed to have a little, a little joyful moment as well. Yeah. She seemed to have missed him a yeah. bit. <laughs> there's totally. a moment. She, she, she's, she's, you know, her cold oh. heart is melting towards him. I, I don't know. It was weird to me. Like, the whole husband thing was bizarre with this episode. I'm going to Lincoln, Nebraska. When? In an hour. What? I, I've been well, married a long time. You can't sell that. <laughs> how do you sell well, that? <laughs> I mean, how do that's you go, your, hey, that's babe? That's your wife, Joe. I, I, know, I, know, I know her. I know her. She's <laughs> not thinking that. Hey, sweetheart, I made you coffee. And uh, by the way, I'm going to Lincoln, Nebraska to apply for a job. Are we moving to Lincoln, Nebraska? I think we ought to. What? They've got good schools in Nebraska. I'm, I'm sorry, the whole thing was ridiculous to me. I don't. It just it's goofy to the nth degree. Unless they they're going to come around and they're going to wrap it up. He's going to whack somebody in Nebraska and we'll get something. Out I'm of guessing. It. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to see a little break. Well, it, from but him. she's from Nebraska. That's where they're yeah. from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. from Nebraska. Mm. Yeah, that's where. That, yeah, Nebraska. That's where they went back for her oh, okay. for her father's funeral. Yeah, for right. her fake father's so, funeral. So I mean, obviously, I think he's trying to uh, extend an olive branch, like let's let's leave this life and go back to the life, the simple life that you know and love. Or maybe take her away. I mean, we we did have predictions that we thought maybe he was there to protect her himself. You know, he asked at the end of uh, part two of Enzo Garrick, uh, the the finale that we watched before this, that um, he asked, like, let's let's go, let's leave, let's get out of here. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, like, exactly. He wants out. So yeah. what better place to take her than back home to her home state, to her childhood? Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, can, oh, bye. Can we talk about? I mean, I don't know how far you guys got, but can we talk about just? I want to get into Red and his the you know this. We saw the real Red. He was gangster oh, yeah. as hell of it. Well, right? we're just, we're still doing uh, first impressions. We haven't really heard from Joe or Julia yet, but uh, uh, we could definitely oh, tackle that too. No, no it's right. okay. We're okay. gonna get to it eventually. Once a host, always now. a host. I get yeah. it, Joe. <laughs> just taking over. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I just want to talk about what I want to talk about and then hang up. but uh flip what do you what do you uh i I loved it i thought it was a great episode and i I really do i get a kick out of watching someone who's obviously been working with some restraint um just let the uh let take the gloves off and Mm -hmm. just just brass knuckles and we're gonna this is how i do Mm. and and i loved i I, you know we'll talk about this in a a few minutes but I, i really enjoyed how um i i just how how he took everybody like you you came at me you are going to die. That's just how this is going to go, and and I, I thought it was very interesting to see the looks on the people's faces. Where they just, I don't think they 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 understood quite where they were. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't think they understood who they'd gone after. I don't think they understood what they had gotten involved in. But um, right. there's no question in his mind. Like you, you, you screwed me. Uh, you're you're gone. Good night. Yeah. Hmm. That's it. And right. uh, and that was that was really uh, you really got a very very clear uh, a clear impression a clear glimpse here of why. Uh, of why he is the super criminal he is, and why he has been able to garner such a, a, a an amount of power, because there's there's no other way to play that. And he's so smart; he, he determines who lives and who dies, as we yeah. talked about before off camera about the the banker. Yeah, the only one you he know? lets go is the banker, which I will have to. I'm sure that that'll be explained later on. Yeah, why he let the banker go, but everybody else from the bottom to the top got mm-hmm. whacked. Yeah, you know what was interesting about Red in this episode, and one of my favorite things about Red, it's that. Yes, he was on fire. Yes, he was vengeful and and just kind of crazy, but and, and and lacking any sort of remorse. But it was almost like he realized he had let his guard down a little bit. 
maybe, and maybe. getting involved with the FBI, getting involved with Lizzie, making things a little bit personal. And when when his dear Lou was killed, that he sort of realized, oh shit, I need to get my shit together and 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 be who I am. Mm. You know, take yeah. care of business because that's what Red does. And he's great. And you know what? He's not he's not in, in great shape. So you wouldn't call him an action star, but you do not doubt his ability. And, and it's all, it's, it's a lot of it's just his acting, his presence. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. You oh, don't for act, sure. Yeah. And he, he could just kick anybody's butt. Ah, oh, he was robbed at the Golden Globes. So, yeah. Oh, totally. Robbed. Robbed. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's get into what Joe wanted well, to talk there's about. There's a guy named Brian Cranston, but, you know. Who's that guy? <laughs> he does, he's done some good work. Who's yeah. that guy? Yeah, Who's yeah, that yeah. guy? I haven't seen him in six months. What's going on with that? He's disappeared, out of sight, out of mind. Anyway, let's uh, let's move forward. Let's talk about actually what Joe's. Uh, that's next on the list. What Joe actually brought up. So let's uh, let's talk about the vengeance that Red had this uh, this episode because it's just uh, that's the top thing I think that we all loved. So Flip, what do you got to say about yeah. that? Well, Red Red well, Team's no, house. Said... Oh, so me or Joe? Flip I said Flip. Off. Yeah. Well, we can you can both talk. Let's have Flip talk first, and you can add in. Flip. Flip. Go ahead. I'm gonna go. Yes. Um, <laughs> This, this call-in thing is very convenient. Um, so, so Red cleans house. I mean, that's that's what I call it. And, and at the end of it, he, he he very clearly drops that on Lizzie. He's like, "Yeah, my house is in order, but yours isn't." Mm. Um, uh, it, it it was to me. It was just it was that guided missile deal. Like like you know, I'm going to go straight up the chain, and I'm going to go one by one, and we're going to find out everybody who's involved here, and they're going to give me the next person, and I'm going to find out it, you know how you guys were contacted, how you were paid. Who you were paid by? We're gonna go up the pay, up to the paymaster, up to the banker. From the banker, we're gonna bounce over to the uh, to the mole. We're gonna get this all cleared up mm-hmm. all at once, and there will be no loose ends except for oddly the banker. But um, but it was interesting uh, with the paramedic, right? He's a, you're such a you got such a pretty face, and yeah. you're a paramedic. This is such a shame. It's a shame. And boom, she's out. The doctor, boom, he's out. Apple guy's assistant, but we didn't get to the apple guy. Mm-hmm. But we got to apple guy's apple guy's boy. Boom, he's gone. And and I, I mean, it's never really clear what he did to Apple Guy, but he was definitely holding his hand, and there was blood somewhere along the line. So I mean, he definitely messed up Apple Guy. Yeah, uh, Apple Guy's assistant. But um, but it's funny. Like it, there was no one, no matter how small their role was, who was uh, who was spared except the banker. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, uh, and and I, it was funny to me. Not funny, but I mean, it's, it's it's telling to me that the the paramedic and the doctor and the Apple Guy's assistant were all. Day players, essentially. Yeah, they were just paid to do the day, and and uh, and and didn't ask any questions. Didn't know who was involved. Didn't know. Didn't know what the plot was. Didn't know who the target was. Didn't know why they were where they were supposed to be. And there's no mercy for that. But what about that guy? You don't forget that that one scene that was so awesome. I can't remember the name of the character. It was the one I believe right before Theodore, uh, with the cigar and the vodka. That oh yeah, Theodore. the uh, that was the um, that was Theodore, right? Was that Theodore? I thought Theodore was the banker. No, that's Henry. Oh, uh, it's Henry. That yeah. was Theodore. Yeah, Theodore. that was amazing. That was one of the coolest scenes. That was awesome. It was, it was brilliant, right? And, yeah, and, and you knew he was going. You just didn't know how. Right. I can't. I can't stand the suspense. Bang <laughs> bang. Suspense is killing me. <laughs> right. The suspense is killing me. Uh, so good. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't forget that. That was like a highlight. Just the way he handled that whole interrogation. Paying so people in fives and ten. Oh, Gee man. whiz. <laughs> Braz, what do you got to add? To that um yeah a lot of the same stuff i just you know you're working backwards from where you started with that with that guy with the cigar that was i i'm just was just marveling at how you know spader's able to make these pretty heinous acts i mean like we just watched him sort of be albeit maybe he's a bad guy but you know sort of torture this guy 
you know, a little bit, uh, pour vodka, you know, pour the vodka on him, threaten to blow him and light him on fire, basically psychologically torture him, if not about to physically torture him, and then just shoot him point blank in the chest. And our reaction as viewers are almost like, yeah, get him, Spader. It's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing that he's able to accomplish that. Um, you know, this is, so, so Spader's able, able to draw us in to this guy who is doing these very heinous things and sort of make him root for him. But, more the, the thing that I took away from that, the same thing you said, is once they got to see after the paramedic, which was the turn in that whole sequence there, when we when the audience is uh, led into the fact that he's killing everyone, uh, that was kind of chilling for me. It was like you know, oh, Red's not effing around. Like even even the paramedic has to go, and she didn't know what it was. You know what it was her thing, but then I realized that a he has to completely clean house because that's how it's done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. B, he has to send a message to the people, person who hired them. Like, look, you hired whoever you touch to hire me. I will burn down the entire, I will scorch the earth to let you, everybody Absolutely. touch to get to me, to get to you. That's kind of like, that, that, that's the world that he lives in, the world he's playing in. And it's like, every now and then the show reminds us that, you know, Red can wear the fedoras and walk around and use the smug charm and do the quips, but, He's a goddamn super spy, and he will scorch the earth. You know, like that that's kind of what he does. Well, it's interesting. That you, was the, I was going to say, you said. This, this is a good reminder of that. This yeah. Is a reminder of that. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that I heard you say was he wanted to send a message. And the one thing that he got to send a message is by killing his trusted assistant, his trusted accomplice, you know, uh, Mr. Gray. Newton Phillips. Yeah. Newton Phillips. Newton Phillips, who turned out to be one of his closest confidants. Well, forget the name. Poor, poor, poor Charles Baker. Man. Yeah. Our boy Charles Baker. Charles Baker. Charles I know who Baker. we actually had on the show. Uh, I was Killed near our guy. Yeah. Killed rough. And yeah. Big surprise uh, there. That was very, that was very reminiscent of The Godfather. Very, very Fredo-esque on that scene. Huh? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, uh, you know, I hate to do this. He did everything but give him the kiss, you know, give him yeah. the kiss of death. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you broke my heart. Yeah. You broke my heart. <laughs> it was, and he's like, please make it look like an accident. My wife doesn't know. And that, that whole yeah. scene. And actually, the cinematography in that scene was amazing, too. Yeah. That, uh, right before you went on, I was talking about the song. I thought the song was perfect, also. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, just that long shot of him uh, putting the bag over his head and then, then letting him suffocate. That was a beautiful killing. It was the bag that was Ugh. holding the ashes of his of his loo. Yeah. Oh, is that the bag? Oh, yeah. yeah. Symbolic, my yeah. friend. Symbolism. Hey, guys, I'm sorry, guys. I interrupt. Um, I got to get on my plane, so huh. that's it for me. Okay. Well, have uh, a safe flight. Yeah. Uh, I will. Have a safe flight. Uh, happy New Year to all of you. I love you all, and I'll see you very soon. Okay, awesome. Take care. Have a safe Bye. flight. Bye, Braz. Bye. Bye, Braz. Mr. Braswell, everybody. Uh, uh, woo. Woo. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to definitely bring up. I have one thing about um, about Gray. I don't feel like we, and I've learned this recently. I'm actually working um, my my day job right now. I'm working actually uh, on a show. Uh, I'll say it on the Sundance Channel. I'm working behind the scenes called The Writers Room, which will start premiering uh, in a couple of months. But one thing I've been noticing from some of the shows that I've been researching is that a lot of times actors who have um, bit parts like recurring characters that they sometimes get jobs because they're so good they get jobs in other shows. And when they do, sometimes they have to be written out. So I would actually wonder, like, did Gray's Role was it really established, or it seemed very sudden to me that he ended up being the mole? Well, them. he's he's had some some moments throughout uh, throughout the series so far, starting with the very first time we meet Red is with is with Gray. Yeah, you know, and he he's he's played as a, a pretty you know buttoned up kind of guy, very serious kind of guy, and then we see him again when we're in that house that that 
Right, where he's that drinking that bizarre liquor. He's drinking the weird, weird, weird yeah, milky, weird liquor. Milky stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you can tell that there's a, he's a bit of a confidant because, yeah. you know, they're talking about very, very intense business. Well, we even made predictions about him yeah. like in the future. So I feel like it was like really sad to see him go. It was a little sudden almost. Well, you I know, wanted I, some more. Yeah. I wanted more gray. Well, I do like the idea, though, that, that, the, uh, that the weak link, that one of the weak links is on, is on Red's team. Mm-hmm. I think that's that I mean you know from a writing standpoint I think that's more interesting than having all the the weak links be with the FBI. And so far we haven't really figured out who the FBI mole was. They thought it was the uh the the one guy whose name I can't Aram. remember. Yeah. Aram, yeah. And and that was a great scene, you know, mm-hmm. where he says you got 2 minutes. I'm going to disassemble this Colt uh Colt 45 1911. That was another I'm, great scene. Right? Yeah. And by the time, down to business. this can take me 2 minutes and that's how long you got to do this. Yeah. And so there was no question at that point, okay, you you obviously wouldn't be stupid enough to get tracked this way. Mm-hmm. But we still don't know who the FBI informant is. It, it, it obviously it, it wasn't enough that uh it, it, what do you call it? Newton Phillips didn't know enough to give away all the stuff that was given away. Mm-hmm. So there is still an FBI mole, we just don't know who it is. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about the mole because there are a couple other scenes that interject too, and we definitely get on that side. But yeah, we still don't know. There's still a lot of questions in that end. But let's move on to the other. What's great about this, by the way, I wanted to bring this up in first impressions, but I got locked into music because I just love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I love is this kind of reset this episode after the uh, last episode of 2013 when Red escaped. Mm-hmm. We get to see Red doing his own thing and Lizzie doing her own thing. So they're, they're pretty separate right now in the sense that there's a very clear A and B story and Red doesn't trust the FBI right now. So he's definitely going to be just dealing with Lizzie. So they're going to do their own little thing and then they might have a little meeting at the end. Yeah. And that's it. But let's, now that I mentioned that, uh, let's get to see that part of the story. I don't know if that would be the B story or the A story, but we get to talk about you know, the with, Good Samaritan Killer. Yeah, with with everything that goes on in the show, all the mysteries, I I would say that the the villain of the week, this this Good Samaritan, uh, is um, is kind of the B story. Mm-hmm. I, I found it to Always. be a little bit secondary because yeah. I'm so invested in everything else. But it's nice because it takes my mind off yeah. uh, the the head explosion that's about to occur mm-hmm. in my living room. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had the Good Samaritan this week, who was played by Frank Whaley, who you have seen in. A million different things. Uh, he had smaller parts in Pulp Fiction, uh, Born on Fourth of July, uh, Red Dragon. He's all over the television. So, I mean, I knew his face. I love this yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. He was the big brain Fiction. on Brad. That's who he was in Pulp Fiction. He was what? He was the big brain on Brad. He was oh, Brad, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so Look I love this guy. I love, uh, I love his face and I love just looking at his sweet, boyish, angelic face and then turning him into a killer. Mm. Um, so he was an interesting villain this week, yeah. I think. He started off as a, as a terrifying character who seemed maniacal and methodical and cold-blooded. Mm. And then um, we sort of begin to learn a little bit more about him and we learn that he was severely abused by his mother as a child. Um, and we, we learn his motives be- be- behind all of these murders or these almost murders because that's interesting that he lets them live he doesn't let them live he gives them a chance he gives them a chance he gives them a chance but none of them have actually pulled through that was the impression i got right that was the impression well they only showed the the, the woman from the right top, but they and said she that died. there were seven they said there were seven victims but and all of them had been had been given basically a chance but they didn't they didn't say that any of them actually had made it yeah they okay. didn't really say but that's an interesting uh, uh facet of his story that that he gives them a, sh- a shot at survival mm-hmm. um sort of washes his hands a little bit clean right. in doing that yeah. um so so then we we begin to feel a little sympathetic for him almost like oh god this guy had this awful upbringing he was abused he's He's taking his vengeance out on on the abusers the way he couldn't do when he was a child. So you you start to feel sympathetic. You start to almost understand his psyche. And then 
He has his home remedy, as he calls yeah. it, with his mother. Then we realize that he's a little Norman Bates-ish. He has his Very mom Norman sitting Bates. there in the wheelchair, although she's not dead. She's dead. Norman, clearly, it's right? something, something, clearly something he did something and, to mom. She don't move. Oh, <laughs> God, that was just so upsetting to me when he's wheeling his mother in to watch him torture these abusers the way that he wishes he could torture her. Well, he did torture her that way, I would imagine. I would imagine because I mean she's stuck in that chair. She's so stuck he, in that chair. Yeah, I, I would imagine that he did, did something. He put her there. Maybe you know about three vertebrae down. We're going to go ahead and knock that vertebrae out, yeah. so you'll be stuck in the chair. I'll take care of you, but you're going to see some fun stuff. Mm. But that. Um, Go ahead. I was going to say that monologue. I actually wrote it down word for word. That monologue he was giving when he was explaining when he was in the, the self help group. No, no, not even that. When he w- when he had the what's his the, what was the guy's name he had oh, over I him George remember. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had him of saying I suffered a lot of pain in this world, courtesy of the one person in this world who was supposed to protect me. I found it inconceivable that a person could hurt someone whom they claim to love. And not just hurt, but torture. And then one day I realized she wasn't experiencing pain, but it was she the opposite. Pleasure. Yeah. I thought that was really crazy that, that that he the only way to experience you know to give them pain back, but at the same time he's getting pleasure from this. You, yeah. you know what, what what's what's interesting to me I, I, at least for me anyway I don't know about anybody else but in in, in watching that you know the, my first instinct when you see somebody you know bound to a, a table being being tortured is oh that's terrible and 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 I think that's natural and normal and I I you know ninety percent of the time I I think that's appropriate but I found that that it was very interesting. Uh, I didn't feel any empathy with either of the victims that we saw mm. at all Mm-mm. by the end of it. And, and, and really, I, I do think it's, it's um, you know, I think as a society, we kind of go, okay, well, moment of rage, we can forgive that. Methodical, carefully thought out torture, we can't forgive. And, and at some point, it becomes like, well, what's the damn difference? If, if the end result is broken wrist, broken, you know, broken rib, broken collarbone, punctured lung, if, if the result is the same, what's the difference? And and I you know I, it was interesting to me you know if if you're a grown man and you can't control yourself or if you're if you're a mom and you can't control yourself I, you know I I I had tremendous empathy for our good Samaritan. Well, here here's here's two thoughts I had about the victims. The first one, the woman in the in the top, who takes a drink from a guy she doesn't know. I don't care whose party it is. I don't care whose uncle you say you are. She just randomly took a drink. It was like within two seconds. I'm yeah, like, I'll yeah, she's that. drugged. Yeah, of course, this is yeah, the bad sure. guy. Yeah, of course. So that first of all, but second of all. Yeah, we, we got to find out a little bit about his, uh, his modus operandi, you know, going for the abused, uh, abused victims, parents, spouses, whoever, whoever caused that. But then we see him following George in that self-help group. And we see George confessing, saying right. he has a problem. And we see a moment of, of him feeling guilty and wanting to fix himself. And for a second, I actually thought, He's not going to go for him. He's in the self-help group, too. He sees this guy. This guy really is tormented himself, and he's working on it. The answer is not to just kidnap him and do these things, mm-hmm. but that's exactly what he does. Well, let me, let me, let me give you a different point of view, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I, I think at some point you have confirmation. You know, you have a suspicion that the husband's beating the shit out of the wife. Yeah. But when you go to the self-help group and you mm-hmm. hear him confessing, yes, I did this, and, and uh, here's, my, here's, my, here's my point of view about it. So now there's no more ambiguity. He definitely did it. You know, yeah. So okay. so it's not like it, does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes, no, it makes perfect sense. sense. So yeah. I mean, so from my point of view, the self help group is not an opportunity for uh, for him to say, you know, I, I, that doesn't sound. He's terrible. not a judge. He's just executioner. Well, I, you know, I've been I've been to AA meetings, not as a member, but as a, as, a, as a guest, and I, I I've listened to some of the people talk, and 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 on sometimes those meetings, they're they're you know, for some people they 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 mean the world, and for other people. They're just opportunities for them to get out there and kind of BS a little bit. 
mm. and say, you know, I, I really feel bad that I did this stuff. I'm going to do it again. But I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. So what was the point? I guess well, I and- felt differently from – I guess the, I felt him – the actor who did that, I guess I felt uh, some emotion that he really was felt guilty and wanted to change. Well, in receiving that that confirmation that, yes, this guy is the abuser, again, it it clears his conscience. Right. You know, that I think that's really important to this killer, that mm. he does it out of a, a sense of being the hero, being heroic, mm. you know, doing what he could never do, standing up for all the abused. Yeah, yeah. where no one, no one could do that for him, but Which he'll do that for them. Which is why I think that he's not the one who put his mother in the wheelchair. I think once she became afflicted with what, with with whatever it is that put her there, where she can't even speak, that's when he found his freedom, and that's when he could finally, that's when he finally found his voice, and that's when he finally could do something about it. I think the ultimate torment, I think the ultimate torment that she was probably dealing with is the monster that she created. Yeah. The monster he became, more than anything else, just to see him inflict this. And I I will say, this episode, this was a pretty creepy episode with this character, and there were definitely the the retina scene, and the scene in the beginning when he was uh, collapsing alone. That made me flinch. That was, yeah, for network television at 10 o'clock at night even. I was just like, I don't think The Walking Dead has made me flinch like that. You know, I don't think there are other shows that have made me flinch like some of those moments in this episode. But this is my point, and this is something I think that's germane to to us, to humans, is is when something happens quickly, and it's a reaction, and it's, it's uh, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm so pissed and I did this and, oh, shit, I punctured your lung. We have one reaction. But when someone holds you down and punctures your lung, yeah. like, deliberately, when you're bound and incapacitated and helpless, mm. we respond very, very differently. Oh, yeah. Well, when you know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. The, anticipa- the anticipation. He's, anticipation. Killing he's killing me. He's killing me. He's clinically telling her what he's going to do to her. Yeah. I and mean, you see the could tools. Could anything be more terrifying? Yeah, and you see the tools, and you just have to wait for that moment. That moment comes, and you just practically close your eyes and just, like, have to look away. Yeah, it's, it's like Saving crazy. Private Ryan. Like Saving Private... Well, it's like a lot of different things, but like Saving Private yeah. Ryan, yeah, definitely very gory or, or, yeah, very intense moments like that. So, um, absolutely. I dug this killer. Let me just... Mm. Let me wrap it up with that. Yeah, listen, I, I, dug I, I this support killer. you. I also I dug this killer. I support another really say, good, juicy he, killer. He was a good one. Yeah. I will say this. I'm really surprised that there was a graphic at the top saying he was number 106. 106. Because he didn't seem to have any connection to Red whatsoever. And we thought to this point that the numbers on the blacklist were from Red's personal blacklist. But he had a connection to Lizzie. Hmm. Lizzie was very connected to this, which also oh. I get very, very confused about her timeline because I, I how was feel she, like how she, was she lead on a case when she just started? She just started. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too when she was. How uh, did she have one of his victims die in her arms, and that's why she's so committed to catching this guy? When? Yeah, we were in school. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, I'll put that on the list. Hold on, let me put it on the list. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> list oh shit to ask people. But, okay, <laughs> I got it. But you know, one one thing we uh one thing we definitely shouldn't overlook that she was really, really passionate about this case. Was it more to it than just the case that she couldn't close before? Was there something in her past? Notice the conversation she had with George at the end that if he even looked mm. At his wife sideways yeah, again. Yeah, she did. She did get a little dark there, didn't that she? That she would do what she stopped, you know, the, the Good Samaritan from doing. She would do it herself to him. Yeah. 
So There's something going on there. There seems to be something a little deep, deeper there. It might have something to do with the scar that we've known from the beginning that we figured is associated with a fire. Mm-hmm. But we still don't. There's still something there in her past we don't know. There's a lot There's a lot. But <laughs> this in particular seems to have a trigger to something that we don't know about as of yet. Fair enough. I'm with you. You know, they were doing that, that interview on Today, I think, and, and James Spader, the, the interview with um, Al Roker, it was interesting. He was uh, he was saying that uh, that the show just keeps, it, it the way they have it structured, you can just keep unpacking. You can keep, basically, there's there's so many different things that are not explained that we can just, that's what he loves about the show. It can just keep, you can keep kind of going. There's no, um, nothing set. So you can kind of mm-hmm. keep unpacking things. And Roker asked him if he knows his relationship to Lizzie, and he says, yeah, I do. <laughs> and, and, and and Lizzie said the same thing when they interviewed uh, Megan Boone. She said, "Oh yeah, I know the I know." The so they're they're dangling it out there in front of us. But um, one of the other things that James Spader said in the interview was he said uh, was uh, Roker asked him if he liked Red Reddington, and and Spader says, "Yeah, yeah, I really like him." Mm-hmm. So I couldn't play him every day if I didn't like him. He said, uh, "You know, if, if if I were him, there's probably some things I'd walk away from that he doesn't." <laughs> but <laughs> you know, which I thought was cool. But but he said he really likes him, and it was you know, and that's true. You got to live with this guy, I guess, if you're playing him all day every day. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. I was uh, if you have if you have a chance, check out the Today interview. It was really good. It was well done. Well, we we definitely had a lot of fun watching him perform, yeah. and I think you have to love your work to to exude that kind of energy for people well, to actually enjoy you. Yeah, the too. character of Red seems to enjoy his life. Yes, he has some some tortured past that we don't really know quite yet what it is, where he had to ex- blow up his own home. Mm-hmm. But um, but he's he's fun, you know. Yeah. He's, He's a little cavalier, and he's quippy, and he has cool hats. And, I mean, <laughs> he has a jet that flies him anywhere, yeah, everywhere, at jet. any time. Like, who, it can make anyone disappear on it. How is this not a fun life? And, and you know what he's got on that jet? Hats. Hats. Hats, hats for days. Tons of hats. <laughs> he has a fun hat We could life. put four more people on this jet, but mm. I like my hats. <laughs> well, let's move, uh, let's move forward to the other underlying... Uh, bit that's going on this episode is due to the events from the last couple of episodes, the last two episodes with Arlo Gar- Garrick, uh, they have determined there's a mole. Yes. In, yeah, in the FBI. There's definitely somebody giving information and Red, we saw Red's journey to evoke revenge, to get revenge, send a message that went all the way down to Grey. So he did away with that. Mm-hmm. But as he said toward the end of the episode, my house is clean. And Joe brought this up. My house is clean. Your house needs to get in order. There is somebody else. And this trail led uh, the FBI to Aram. Yes. Through a phony account that was sent through. They were following the money just like Red. And they found it through Aram. And we found out that Aram isn't. So if Aram isn't, there's a couple of questions here. Who is? And then what the hell was that scene with Alan Alda and the and the boss? What the hell What's was that scene? On? Yes. <laughs> Here's my questions about that scene. What is Alan Alda's role with the FBI? Why can't Red go all the way after Alan Alda? What does he, what, does he want to get to him? Does he, is he even interested in killing him? Is Alan Alda too powerful for him to kill? Is Alan Alda the mole? Go, answer them all right now. You have now. a lot of questions. You know, I have a lot of questions, too, because she was so vague in that last Yeah, last I thought she was in on the it. The assassination failed. Yeah. The asset survived. The mole is eliminated. Who are you talking about? What happened? Yeah. Well, she obviously doesn't trust the men on the other side of that well, table. She won't tell him who the mole is. She won't tell him who the asset is. Well, not is. for anything. Alan Alda's on the other side of that table. I think that's pretty smart of her not to trust him. And he Alan does. Alda has to go talk to the Senate, so he is so he's he's way he's, up there. He's Senate a muckety subcommittee. Muck. I mean, he's sitting down with the assistant attorney general, right? That's what she is? Uh Uh-huh. Our girl, Diane. And what else did she say about the mole? Uh, So she can't reveal... Who the mole is because it would compromise, compromise her the identity asset. of her asset, but the particular threat to our national security dies with him. Him, by the way. Mm-hmm. Him. So he's dead? 
Well, I think we're talking about Newton Phillips. We're talking about we're talking about Newton. But this is like the internal guy. I don't think so. I don't think they figured out who the internal guy is because uh, she the, she was saying that we found the mole and he's been eliminated. That was Newton. I thought that was the impression I got. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I thought it was the FBI one. Oh, and who's well, we the don't have the body? FBI guy. Oh, the missing body. I think who's is probably. I'm, I'm guessing it's Lou. It's it's his girl. That's probably Lou. That probably oh, makes sense. Shit. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. I mean, he, he cremated their there body. And, and, Thanks. And Thanks, guys. Let's no, I know. So I care about the young people. <laughs> and just to get this straight, because I, I know we love Damn calling it. him Alan Alda, but his character's name is Fitch, according to IMDb. I'm going to call him Alan Alda. There's no. Or <laughs> Mr. Alda. You call, you call him Mr. Alda. I want to call or him Hawkeye. Hawkeye. call him Hawkeye. I think I could see Hawkeye today going to a Senate <laughs> subcommittee God. meeting after all his yeah. years right? in the uh, Korean not? War. Why not? Why not? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, so what's happening, Nando? <laughs> I have all the answers, don't you see? Of course I have the answers. Of course I know it all. No, Help I mean, me. that, that I, I'm just with you. I mean, well, asset mole, we, we need to figure out who the mole is, because we figure, uh, I don't think the mole is completely dead, but who's the asset? Well, the well, mole obviously is not dead, because the FBI house is not clean. Yeah. And, well, here's a question. Alan Alda knows that Reddington is working for with the FBI, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is Alan Alda asking uh, uh, Diane, Diane? Yeah. Emily, yeah. Yeah. Why is he on her about giving up the asset? He knows who the asset is. I mean, the asset's red. That's what we're talking about. So why is he... So the asset is red. I, I think so. Okay. Well, I guess so, that makes that can So make what, what game is he playing that he wants her to give up red, but he already knows it's red? But, wait. Well, also, you can't officially know what it may be. Is that the deal? Couldn't Alan Alda also be the mole? Because oh, well, he was the, the one who, at the end, after... Oh, oh, that's my circle question. <laughs> he yeah. seems to be... He seems to know Diane enough one, to be... Yeah. He was the one who was waiting for a tortured red. He yeah. was the one... He was the end game for the whole... The Lenzo Garrick thing. Absolutely. ...set up that was funded through mm. through Frank... What was his name? Henry. Through Henry. Yeah. So maybe he's the mole. Hmm. He's... Yeah. I mean, he's maybe. The end game. Yeah. Well, he's he's Amo or he's in there, but I don't know. I mean, it's confusing. Ah. That scene is confusing. Well, definitely, it was a nice little teaser to what's yes. to come. Yes. We're definitely going to see more of Fitch, Hawkeye, Alan Alda, and we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> and Diane that Fowler. Is his full name. And Diane Fowler, who uh, who yes. was the you know she's gonna she's gonna definitely be around because she does not trust who's in the FBI anyway right now. She's no. still had problems from from the end of uh, the last episode. When she was questioning uh, our, our Joe, Joe Braswell's main man, uh, was it Howard? Howard Harold? Yeah, so, yeah. And everybody in this episode, she said they're all suspects. I mean, they're all they were all under suspicion the entire episode. And the one person they cleared is the one person I don't think they should clear. Yeah, which is I was saving that. I was saving yeah. that for uh, predictions myself. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's fine because we were <laughs> going to say it and have yeah. fun. So yeah, so I agree. I uh, they cleared her really. You know, one thing that I, let me pull it up for Malik that when they were interrogating them, that nice little um, cut from person to person to person. Mm-hmm. One thing she said that was really really interesting. I have the quote, but I could just say it because I, I can't find it right now. Is you're just going to interrogate me like this what about no. like what about yeah. like and she just rattled off like work? five or six different things you could do that instead yeah you know which makes me feel like, and oh yeah you know what i do want to look this up because there was something else in the episode that really well, brought I mean, that you, to light do, go ahead do you really think that that she was cleared i mean it's entirely possible that harold's playing a longer game and he's mm. saying you know uh you're the only one who's been cleared uh you know which is basically a good way of saying hey you're uh, you're in the inside group now so tell me what else you got 
and and that might you know have her drop her guard a little bit and and uh, and give up whatever information and, she might have on anybody boy, else. Was she quick to rat out Lizzie? Very quick. Yeah. yeah. This is what I, I have. I said, hand, Jury's still out on Malik. Sneaky bitch. Well, let me let that's, me that's sneaky, what, sneaky bitch. I found sneaky what I was bitch. looking. I found what I was looking for. So uh, sneaky bitch. Malik <laughs> says. Malik says. Do you no. really believe a little chit chat's going to get anyone anywhere? Uh, controlled fear, hypothermia, sleep deprivation. Do the words advanced interrogation not mean anything to you? Which was her quote. But then here's what I wrote down, and I believe uh, this was uh, Red that might have said this. Uh, there is no one size fits all. If you really want to hurt someone, you need to tailor your attack specifically to that person. Perhaps the killer's methods, the injuries he inflicts, tells you less. We're talking about the Good Samaritan. Yeah. And I feel some kind of relationship between those two lines. Like, it's, it, it was very telling what she said. Absolutely. And it comes on the heels. I mean, he starts that quote saying, I know something about torture. Yes. And this comes on the heels of the torture that he just endured mm-hmm. at the hands of Garrick and maybe Alan Aldo. Yeah, Fitch, Fitch. Um, so, I mean, that's fresh in his mind. I just feel like that's the, both of those lines are equated to someone bad. And the fact that she's calling almost herself out saying, you're not going to do this to me. You know, you should be able to do this to me. Uh, I feel like that that might make some people think like, well, she obviously is not the person yeah. who's the mole because she she's she's being honest about it. But I I say the opposite. I say she's like, bring it on. I say she's a sneaky bitch. I think she's a sneaky bitch. <laughs> I think she. I also am thinking Boom. of Malik. <laughs> Plus, we haven't been able to understand why. I'm so eloquent. Uh, yeah, well, I like it. Bitch. We haven't been able to understand oh, what like the hell it. she's been doing there since she was brought on because she's not even here? in the FBI. She's oh. CIA. So we we haven't even been able to explain why she's on there. And and who put her in charge? Was that Diane? Did Diane Fowler put her in? I have to look back and see who was the one who brought her on. Because remember, they, they uh, with the agreement Cooper with brought Red. brought her on. Well, Co- I guess it could have come from Cal Diane Cooper. originally. Yeah. So I almost question that. Maybe the person who put her on, maybe she is the mole, and the person who put maybe her on is in on it. Hawkeye did it. Maybe Hawkeye did it. Okay. I don't know. way at the top of the tier. But, you know, something you said earlier that, that, that you know, I think is, is telling and, and really a uh, 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 WTF. Why would you get a call from, from Reddington and not report it to Cooper? That's just stupid. That's just bad math. I mean, if, if you, you don't think that Cooper's tracking your phone, you don't think that the FBI, I mean, like, we got full surveillance on them. Oh, except yeah. for their phones. We really? tap those. We're not going to tap the phone. We trust that them. seems too tricky. We don't trust them, but let we them have their phones. Just, yeah. the phones. just a little phone. Just a little phone. Just a little phone. Just in case. No. Uh, you know, if you're under mad suspicion for all kinds of crazy shit, guess what? Tell people when you get a phone call. Yeah. That should be your next phone call. Hey, I just got this crazy-ass phone call. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm saying. And especially since it was her idea, really. She fought to be on this case, uh, A, because she was so connected to it, and B, in the hopes that because she was so connected to it... She might get a phone call! Contact yes, they, she mentioned that out loud. So you think she'd people. be like, hurrah, look, I was right. Yeah. Boom, now Trust what? Trust me, trust me. But apparently not. But no. No. Apparently, so now we give CIA sneaky bitch a little something to play with. Well, she's making it sneaky bitch. It, it has an easy job at this point right now. It's kind of a little bit of an easy job when you have stuff like that going on. I know. On, you know? I know. God. Making it easy on the, on the sneaky bitch. God, Lizzie can be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> dumb so I think, uh, yeah, I think we, we, I think we pretty much hit uh, just about everything on there. So let's move a little forward to have some news and gossip. Let's do it. So uh, this is the first show of the new year for The Blacklist, and I'm proud to say that it made it number one again on its time slot. Yes, Blacklist is still continuing the trend. It's still doing really, really good. It uh, it won the 10 p.m. hour with 9.11 
9.11 million viewers and a 2.5 rating amongst adults from 18 to 45. It, it was down actually since the last airing. Uh, wow, it's down to a series low, but you know what? It's, it's the beginning of January. It's kind of stuff always happens to. It didn't have the voice follow in. And it didn't That's have the a big voice. That's thing for them. That is a big thing. So, uh, but it, it still, it won its time slot. Yeah, so I mean, it's been down yesterday. Ratings were down altogether. So yeah. it's not, uh, it's not any concern. I don't think the network would be really concerned about it. Definitely, uh, there still is, uh, DVRs. To take into yeah, account, they got their plus threes, they plus got their seven. plus threes, plus sevens, yeah. and Blacklist is doing really, really good on those plus threes and plus seven ratings. So this is just a preliminary report, but it's still a good sign, still yeah, great. Absolutely. And, and please, and it had some competition with uh, Intelligence as well. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big new show. So yeah. they still won. They still won, Victorious. and uh, and you know, with the quality of this episode, I I just feel you know I feel pretty comfortable that they uh, they're going to be pretty secure. Well, they've been picked up for a second season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we actually found out that news and gossip the second we closed down. On our last podcast yes. on this yeah. show, but was there any doubt that they wouldn't get picked up for a second season? No, I don't think, right? no, but still picked up for a second season. But phenomenal news, great news, absolutely. So uh, that's all I have for right now for news and gossip. Let's move on to some predictions. Uh-huh. <laughs> now you're after Buzz TV. And let's go with Julia. I, I knew it. Braswell this, told me, Nanda, he sent me an email. Why is this fun for all of you? He said, <laughs> So fun, you get such pleasure out of my torture. Julia clearly you know must torture. always go first. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I kind of already alluded to it, but I think that Malik is the sneaky bitch. And she <laughs> is, she is, she's there for a reason, you know? Um, what I, what we didn't get to talk about too much today because he didn't really have that much to do is Tom. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have a prediction. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, my radar is, is, extremely heightened when it comes to him right now taking off running off to nebraska um i think that we're going to to get some answers when it comes to tom who he is their relationship why their relationship is Mm -hmm. why it has come to be at all i think that's what we're going to learn in the next few episodes Okay, cool. That was a really bad prediction. I really suck at predictions. <laughs> no, that was brilliant. You had a lot of Shut good I predict that you're going to beat Shut yourself up. up over predictions. Shut That's up, what I predict every week. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you only have yourself to blame. You gave I up do. in predictions and before. You know what? I get ready for the show and I think, okay, predictions. Okay. I, like, I start to build myself up and really. You get anxiety. And then you guys yeah. come at me and it's just blank. That's all our fault. It is. It's all our fault. I blame Nando. Yeah, that's my I fault. Do too. It's Nando's fault. Okay, my He's fault. a sneaky bitch. Well, just for that, I was a sneaky bitch. <laughs> just for that, Joe, you go next. <laughs> um, I predict yep. that our boy Cooper is a bigger fish than we think he is. And I think our boy Cooper is connected to our boy Alda slash Fitch slash Hawkeye. So I think we're going to find further on down the line that Harold Cooper is not the super nice guy that we kind of have been given to to believe he is with the with the possible exception so far I think at, at one point Red had had had, had a, little, a little talk about Afghanistan yeah but um but I think that notwithstanding I think we're going to find out that Cooper and Alda are in cahoots on some level or another and uh and uh, I'm interested to see how that shakes out and that is my only prediction I'm not going to talk about the the husband who I don't trust anymore Going to Nebraska. Well, I'm going to talk about him. I, I kind of alluded to it, but I, I and I have not seen scenes for next week's episode, so I could be automatically wrong right now. But I really think that he's going to take a break. He's going to disappear for a while, just mm. disappear, and we get the focus on Red's hunt for trying to get to Alan Alda's, you know, whatever this mysterious uh, adversary that we still don't know. We don't believe that uh, Fitch is is the adversary himself, but works under the adversary. He's definitely one of the higher higher ups in there. So I, I really feel that we're not going to see Tom for a bit. I've said this before and he's shown up right away, so maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like now's a good time to really separate Red's uh, path 
in Lizzie's path, and I don't think there's room for Tom at this well, moment. Well, you know, the the more I think about it, that that line that uh, that Red said, where he said, "My house is clean." Yours is not. That could have a double meaning. That could also mean Tom. You know, he's he could mean Tom. Exactly. Yeah, that's Although it's really funny. In her own household, as he says it in her house. I was right. going to say it's ironic though that he's saying it in her house in when he says house. that. Mm, interesting. I like that. Ooh. Oh look! Oh look! Was that kind of a prediction? <laughs> I'm just yeah, I, 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 there you go. <laughs> See when you're, not, right. when you're not so focused yeah. on it, you can actually get one out. I'm the worst. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> proud yeah, of you. <laughs> Slow clap. Oh, Slow clap. There, it is. there you Gentlemen, go. Thank you. All thank right. You. Hey, actually, a fast clap. Thank, Thank you, Steve. Steve so, uh, Mr. Braswell, I'm not Mr. Braswell. We can find uh, Braswell actually on Joe K. Braswell on Twitter. Yeah, Let's add him. That was nice. Thanks Good to job. yeah. Thanks to Braswell for joining in for a little bit uh, on a very busy day, being a wheeler and dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Sanfilippo, where can we reach you? Uh, you can find me on the interwebs. Um, my website, josephsanfilippo.com, or on the twitters at Joe Flippo. Okay, and uh, Julia. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Julia Carely, J U L I A C E A R L E Y. Same on Instagram, and you can also find me here. At AfterBuzz with these uh, these chumps doing a uh, True Detective, obviously here on Blacklist, and coming up next month, Hannibal comes back. Yes, yeah. yeah and let me just say, we just started True Detective, amazing show. Amazing. The four of us are on it. If you haven't seen it, catch up on it. It's just the first week. Really, really awesome. Also, Hannibal's coming back for us, February so we're definitely going to be doing that. And the four of us are together for Hannibal and uh, for JoJo and myself. Uh, the following yes. next week. And uh, Bates Motel later on. But yeah, you can catch us all on AfterBuzz. You can follow me on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. Till next week when Mr. Braz will be back to take charge. Uh, my name's Nando Velasquez. For, on behalf of Joe and Julia and Joe and myself, thanks for tuning in. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.